following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use code HUGE to get the promo hookups. That's code HUGE when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app to get all of the hookups. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Welcome back to the Huge Show on this Monday, the 26th day of June, 2023. Happy Monday to all of you. Anthony Bellino filling in for the Huge One. Bill Simonson, great to be with you again. I'll be here tomorrow as well as Bill's on the road. It's always a pleasure for him to uh, give, me a, give me a call as I host mornings here on the Michigan Sports Network. And always fun to double up and join on the morning drive, join on the afternoon drive and uh, definitely want to hear uh, from you as well. The Huge Show at Mercantile Bank listener line 1-866-838-HUGE 1-866-838-4843 You can text the keyword HUGE send that to 21000 that's H-U-G-E to 21000 all guests join us on the Roast Umber guest line Brett Hayes, executive producer, find him on Twitter at the Brett Hayes H-A-Z-E and you can find me on Twitter at A C Bellino and always good to talk to Keith Langmoy. Very excited about a team, but you know, the reality of the situation is this. The Detroit Pistons won 17 games last year. Now it's also very exciting that Monty Williams is the head coach. We saw the jump that Phoenix made when he became the head man there. And then obviously, you know, being uh, let go as they went all in to go get, you know, Kevin Durant, and they just, uh, the Bradley Beal trade doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, but hey, it doesn't have to make any sense to me as long as it makes sense to them, I guess. But you're going to need more than five guys on your team. You got to have some sort of rotation. You got to have a bench. You got to have role players. There's a lot going on there. Pistons, will they make a splash at free agency? Will they try to, you know, wheel and deal a little bit in the trade market? The drafted of Marcus Sasser is very interesting to me, though. Very interesting, because Cade is the clear-cut number one. Sasser's a four-year vet of the college game. Does he come in, and is Killian Hayes someone that could be on the block now? You know, And if so, what would they be able to get in return for a guy like Killian Hayes? Who, you know, I thought... Look, he just doesn't bring the offense that that we expected, right? Good defender, but just doesn't bring the offense. So will they try to wheel and deal with Killian? That'd be something I'd look at just purely based on, you know, if if this staff really wanted a guy who was a guard, you know, in the guard room, the backcourt's pretty full already, as is the frontcourt. They just need help on the wings, right? And um, this core of this team is very, very young. 
We're also going to have the NHL draft coming up on Wednesday. That'll be fun. We're hoping that Max Boltman, who's traveling right now uh, to Nashville for the draft, that he'll be able to join us in hour number three to talk a little bit about what the Red Wings are, are going to be up to and what do they need more. Do they draft defense at number nine? They also have number 17 in the, in the draft this year as well. So do they go you know, offense first? They, they, they desperately need goal scoring, or do they, do they try to you know, continue to improve? On that blue line. You know, it was kind of a, a little bit of a rough year for Moritz Sider and for Lucas Raymond. You know, but it's, you know, they, people got tape on you now. That first year you come out, you're a little bit of a surprise, and, you know, people don't know how to handle it. We see it all across sports, right? That's why it's called the sophomore slump. That second year is always a challenge to see if you can continue, you know, the, yeah, and it's a surprise for the fans too. When a when a young guy comes out and he makes immediate impacts, like you know, Cider and Raymond, you get excited about what that future might entail. And then when you know, okay, the the production didn't you know take that next step up. It wasn't bad, but you know, it's you know we're we're looking forward to them. They signed Dylan Larkin to a big deal this past year. Get that deal done. Alex DeBrinkett is a name that's floating around. A lot of people have him tied. You know, welcome home, Alex. Come on come on back. He's a Farmington guy. Come on back to the great state of Michigan and somebody who can, you know, with, when you have a little bit of talent on his line, can be really successful. Just didn't work out in Ottawa because, well, nothing really works out in Ottawa. I mean, hell, look at the, look at the Red Wings. They went to Ottawa. It didn't work out for them. And they blew it up from there. So, you know, it's a um, Ottawa could be a dangerous place. Dangerous place this time of year. And then uh, Scott Miller is going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. We'll talk a little Tigers, talk a little Major League Baseball, see what the Tigers will be able to do uh, this week. And, you know, if this is a team where he believes that the reinforcements coming in, just guys getting healthy. If that's enough to kind of push this team towards, hey, okay, trade deadline comes around. Maybe you do move in Eduardo Rodriguez, but it doesn't mean that you're selling on the season. Maybe just move one piece to, you know, try to help complement this this roster a little bit. You know, because they, they they need another bat in this lineup, a, a few more. And with the uh, Nick Maton being sent down to Toledo, you know that they're they're trying to improve uh, this team. They want him to work out, but you know, a guy hitting one sixty seven, it's not doing a whole lot for you. It's not doing a whole lot for you. And with the errors made in the field. Just a, just a really rough day for him on Sunday. It could be the culmination. You go down to Toledo for a week, couple weeks, get your mind right, hit the cover off the ball, come right back, and you know come back with like you know a fresh sense of uh, purpose and belonging. And you know it can it can do some guys really well. It it can it can completely take the the you know the steam out of your engine. So we'll see how Nick Maton uh, now responds. Uh, to that. It's also Rocket Mortgage Classic Week, right? So if you want to be able to check out the PGA Tour, now's a great time. You know, the, the course did get, uh, you know, the weather was, the weather was rough yesterday, right? We had tornadoes in Indiana and, uh, it was, it, it got dark, it got stormy, you know, weather advisories, uh, late afternoon yesterday, the course took some heat, uh, some trees falling down, but, you know, so I know the grounds crews and the maintenance crews are working really hard to get it, you know, everything back up into tip top shape for, oh, it should be a very exciting week. And one thing I hope that doesn't happen this week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, you know, because look, over the last couple of years, the PGA Tour comes to Detroit and people want to, you know, make their remarks about the about the course and you know oh it's good too easy 
Keegan Bradley just shot 23 under at the Travelers. I didn't hear anybody talking about TPC River Highlands there in Cromwell, Connecticut. I didn't see anybody throwing any slander out there. Not only did Keegan Bradley go low, rounds of 62, 63, 64, and 68, but Brian Harmon was 20 under. Zach Blair was 20 under. Patrick Cantley was 19. Scotty Scheffler was 19. Rory was 18 and included an ace as well. Justin Thomas was 17. Ricky Fowler, 16 under. I mean, guys went low this past weekend. And I hope, and I'll be paying very close attention to see what some of the remarks are about the Rocket Mortgage. Because I feel like in recent years, you know, Detroit Golf Club has come under a little bit of heat because guys have been able to go low. Well, guess what? Everywhere else on the PGA Tour, guys are putting together crazy, crazy scores. They're professional golfers. That's what they do. Tony Finau will be there to defend his crown. You know, I would expect it's going to be 15 under or better over the course of four days. You know, you should probably see some 65s out there. But that, I mean, that's that's professional golf. But let's not act like Keegan Bradley who just set the, the low mark in the Travelers. Let's act like this is something like, oh, my goodness, this course, like, oh, it's not ready for the PGA. It can't handle the PGA. Yes, it can. It absolutely can. You know what else can? Oakland Hills. Boy, I'd love to see it come back. I remember the Ryder Cup at Oakland Hills. Oh, bring it back. Get me all excited. I know that Brett in the studio played with Bill uh, over the weekend. I got to get out with a couple of friends on Friday. And, Brett, I'm not going to lie, man. I was playing lights out. And the guy that I just bought a pristine condition Scotty Cameron from, Ooh. I played against him. So not only did he sell me his putter, but then I drug him around the course for 18 holes. <laughs> And it felt good. He was talking a lot of smack Thursday night at the bar because, of course, we had to go out Thursday night because why wouldn't we go out Thursday night? Uh, it's every night of the week this weekend. But he was he was chirping me a little bit, Brett. He was talking this, that, and the third. I started pounding that driver, and he yeah, tucked his tail between his legs. Oh, I was yeah. just beating his brain. Oh, it felt so good. Gotta he's love a, it. Gotta he's, love it. Yeah, he's a close friend, so it's, it's all good. But it was, uh, man, playing really well, and then the alcohol kicked in, right? I don't think you need to really go a beer a hole. I just, it might be overkill. Like, maybe take a step back. Maybe instead of getting a six pack for you, maybe just get like three for the front and then three for the back. Just a light refreshment. You know, I don't think you need to be out here rifling through six beers and nine holes and taking shots at the turn and then getting, getting after to get on the back nine because that's where I fell apart. I fell apart, but I did accomplish something, Brett, even though I did hit a ball into. A creek, I was able to retrieve said ball because it was like, you know, it was in the hazard. It's unplayable. It's in the hazard, but it wasn't in the water. So I was able to bring it out and just take my penalty stroke, but save the ball. And that was important because I played with the same ball for the entire round for I the love first when time. That happens. Oh. <laughs> oh, studio audience, they love That's what the gallery was like out there. There's no better feeling than it's like, dude, I, I've played with the same ball the entire round. This is crazy. It never happens for me because I get a little loose, right? I like to swing hard. You know, I don't believe in laying up. I don't believe in playing it safe. The one the one hole I did try to play it safe, I, I sprayed an iron off the tee. Like, I don't believe in any of that. You tee it up, you swing as hard as you can. You got to generate club head speed. Club head speed equals distance. We want to hit bombs out there. And that's what we did. You're relatively under control, too, which is nice. It's, I, it took me a while to get the driver under control, but, you know, it's just like a wild animal. That's what it is. 
You know, you got you to train it. You got to bring it in. You got to get it under. You know, put the reins on it. We rein that sucker in. You feel, feel pretty good about the game. But I am very interested to see how the golf world responds to the scores, no matter what they may be, at Detroit Golf Club uh, this coming weekend at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And, of course, if you have the opportunity Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever the case may be, and you're in the area or you want to make the drive, no matter where you're listening to us, to us from, all across the great state of Michigan, Watching professional golf in person, is it's I love television broadcast. I do. It's the one thing I did kind of like about the live tour was some of the different things that they did from the TV perspective, the graphics, the on-screen presentation, things of that nature. Well, I tell you what, you watch these guys and gals, LPGA Tour the same way, just hit fairway after fairway, green after green, the spin that they can put on the ball, how they choose and select what shots they want to hit, how they manipulate the ball in the ball flight. They want to hit a fade into this green. Got to hit a draw into that flag. Like, it's incredible. It's incredible. So if you got the opportunity, I would highly, highly recommend making a trip to a Detroit Golf Club to check out the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to step aside. Scott Miller joins us next. Talking a little Major League Baseball here on the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Bullying, lack of patience, cruelty to animals. Those are not good traits. They also happen to be critical warning signs of violence. June is Gun Violence Awareness Month, and the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police wants you to know that at-risk people often display warning signs before they resort to gun violence. Search online for 10 critical warning signs of violence and ask your local police department how you can safely make a difference. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports and the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device, Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. He hasn't made a putt all day, but if he makes this one, we're all cracking a Labatt. Hold it. Did you say if your buddy makes this putt, we're all cracking a Labatt? How about a Labatt blue light? Uh, yeah. Hey, buddy, you can do it! It's a left to right break, just outside the cup, a touchdown hill. Appreciate the support. You guys mind if I putt now? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. 
best putt ever. Because making the big shot is better with a big crowd. Labatt takes everything to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, 2023, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt Regulations, U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company, Limited. Hey, buddy, where's my Labatt blue light? He made the putt for crying out loud. I want my Labatt blue light. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back to the huge show here on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Fred Hayes. I am Anthony Bellino, and join us on the Roast Umber guest line right now covering the world of Major League Baseball. Our good friend Scott Miller. Find him on Twitter at Scott Miller BBL. Scott, my friend, how are you, partner? How's life? How are things? Good, Anthony. How are you, my friend? I am, I'm always doing well. Come on. It's always great to talk to you, too. I was so happy when Brett told me, Scott Miller tested. Yes, great. That's fantastic, Scott. It is a, um, it's an exciting time for Major League Baseball. And I think that if you are the commissioner, Rob Manfred, after all the heat that this guy, this gentleman has taken over the years, it seems like things are really working out. Attendance numbers are through the roof. Game time is down. Runs are, you know, offense is still churning. We've got more action on the base paths it seems like everything's working out yeah i imagine that anthony that the 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 rules changes we all talked about going into this year imagine that that baseball did something uh that's working out well and not backfiring it seems like this is a sport that steps on its own foot so much but you know everybody i talked to i mean there's a random player here and there that gripes still about the rule changes but I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think, you know, there have been some hiccups, but I don't think it could have gone much smoother, you know, to lift off this season. And I know the, the hope was that, you know, games would go, you know, the, the rule changes with the pitch clock uh, would maybe shave 15 or so minutes off games. But the average game time is, is about two and a half, two, two, maybe two hours and 40 minutes. You know, it's cut about 30 minutes off of a game. And I, and I will say um, – you know, when you're at the ballpark now, uh, you got to pay attention because that next pitch comes pretty quick. And, you know, it's about time. It's, it's the game that w- most of us grew up watching and loving, uh, and it just had gotten off the rails. I mean, I never would have been in favor of any kind of a clock in this sport at all. Um, I mean, you're talking a guy that has covered baseball for 30 years, and, be, be, you know, it's, it's the, my chosen path. I love baseball. I've loved the game, devoted most of my life to it. Even that, I say that because the last couple of years, I mean, when it's you're sitting there watching either on TV or a game, you're talking, look at the pitcher. It's just like, throw the ball already. Jeez, there was so much dead time. You know, it really, and it's and it's rare that this, like you said, it's rare that we do something. We're like, oh, hey, wait a minute, yeah, sure. There's some gripes and some pushbacks, and I like the fact that you, you mentioned when you go to a game, you got to pay attention because you might blink and you might lo- you might miss three innings, right? But you look at the action on the field. Scoring is up nine point one runs per game compared to eight point two. Stolen bases up to about one and a half per game from zero point nine, the highest average since two thousand. Like things are looking good. The game time is down. Those are uh, comparative numbers. 
you know, to last year. So we're, we're in actually what feels like really good shape. The, the season has been exciting. The one question I do have for you in regards to the new rules is the shift now that they've you know banned the shift. Do you like it? Do you hate it now that we've seen 70 plus games of what this looks like? Oh, I like it. I do. Um, I, I mean, again, the game we grew up loving and watching, you know, there, there so many times over the past five or six years where a guy would rip a ball and you'd be like, oh, there's a base hit. And then you don't realize there's a guy standing in shallow right field like, like a rover in softball, and it's a line drive right to him and it's out. And, um, you know, I, I, I get it that – some people, especially on the analytics side, are like, well, just because we figured out how to defense better, now you're trying to penalize us. It's not that. I think the, 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 there are positions for reasons, second baseman, third baseman. You know, the, the third baseman is not designed to play shallow right field, and that's what we are starting to see quite a bit. And, I mean, I just look at it like the other sports. I, I, you know, the, the NFL – there's certain in college football, for that matter, Anthony. There's certain positions you you have certain linemen that are not eligible to be receivers. You have they they legislate, in other words, where certain positions are supposed to play. In the NBA, for a while, they outlawed zone defense. Um, this isn't unprecedented that that a sport like baseball would say, "Wait a minute." The second baseman has to play on the infield dirt in the area of where the second baseman traditionally plays, and the same at third and shortstop. And, um, you know, I think you have to adjust as you go. And the shift had just gotten so outrageous with guys running all over the field. And also it added to the time of game because, you know, you had every batter, you have to wait for the – it was almost like you're waiting for the guy upstairs in the baseball operations booth to, to hit his joystick to move the fielders over over the field into the next shift for the next batter before we could get going again. And it just bogged things down so much. Well, it seems like uh, seems like everything is, is moving pretty well. I do have to ask you now, we have had in the last like week or so, we've had a couple of different plays at the plate in which, you know, are, where, yeah. where, what are we missing here with these throws to the dish? Where like, we're, how can we get this wrong? You know, with replay. I, that's I guess what I want to say. If you go back to the tape and you can look at it, how do we? Like, what's what's the issue here? Well, now you now you get in back into baseball. What, what you know? When I said with the new rules, hey, at least you know you're used to the sport shooting itself in the foot. And they don't. They didn't with the new rules. They did with this play, the play, the play. I understand it goes back to Buster Posey and some other catchers back around 2010, 2012 that got mowed over the plate. And, you know, I understand players are more expensive now. You know, catchers are making millions of dollars, and they can be sitting ducks at home plate um, if you're, you know, on a play at the plate. And if, if you allow a guy to bowl them over, a la Pete Rose and Ray Fossey, um, you know, I, I, catchers used to pride themselves on being able to protect themselves and set up for that play and wear it as a badge of honor. But but I get it. Okay, we're not in prehistoric times anymore. You know, you can't have a guy just be a sitting duck. So I don't mind. I, I mean, I don't like the rule. I wish 
I think that they should have just left well enough alone. But if we're going to have the rule, um, they've got to. They've left too much gray area, and those plays at the plate last week. I mean, Jonah Heim in Texas, he had set up behind the plate. He wasn't blocking the plate. And the next night, uh, you know, the uh, the Fernando Tatis throw home. Uh, Gary Sanchez, who's not the greatest catcher anyway, but the throw carried him into the path of the runner. Who, oh by the way, Blake Sayball. He was going to be out by 15 feet. It wasn't even close. Now there is a clause in this within this rule that the umpires have the discretion that if the ball beats the runner by so much that it's not even going to be close, they you you can call the guy out. You don't need to worry about was the catcher blocking the path. And and I, I think people are being too literal with this rule. Um, and, and, and I, I found it very interesting in both cases that, that you mentioned, uh, the Jonah Heim play with Texas, the Gary Sanchez Padres play. The first night, Bruce Bochy got ejected. The second night, Padres manager Bob Melvin got ejected. Um, both Bochy and Melvin were catchers at the major league level. They, they've got experience. They lived the life of a catcher, and they're getting ejected because they thought both calls were ridiculous, which I also agree with them. Um, you know, I, I think that, if, like I say, if, if the throw beats the runner by so much, just forget if the catcher blocking or not. The runner's out. It, it, the spirit of the rule it isn't that the guy's out by 15 feet, but, oh, the, the, the catcher might have blocked his pass, so we're going to let him be safe. I mean, based on those two plays last week, it, it's like why even allow throws from the outfield home to the plate at that point? I mean, you know, we're getting to the point where we're just going to make every play at the plate a force out. It's ridiculous. And, oh, by the way, last point, part of the new rules in, in la, the elimination of the shift Part of the design for that is the old, the, the current marketing thing, let the kids play. Baseball's trying to, you know, and I agree, athletes on the field right now are as good or better than ever. So we want to see more action, right? That's what the rule plays are designed to. Uh, we want to see guys making great defensive plays. We want to see the ball put in play bar. So we want to see these, kids, the, the, these athletes perform. So that second play at the plate last week, and, you know, that was a absolutely stellar play from right field by one of the game's great young stars, Fernando Tetis Jr. And with that call to play, you just totally negated the, that entire athletic play and incredible throw from right field. So that that's the other thing with this is you, you, you're, you know, you're, you're, you want these great athletic plays. And yet because of the stupid uh, calls at the plate, you're not getting you know, Scott, I, uh, if we look at the AL East and where they're at, I mean, I can't stop looking at it, right? I look at the standings yeah. every day, and I'm like, this this division is insane. If you're the Boston Red Sox, you're sitting at 40 and 39. You're the worst team in the division. You're 13 games back, and you'd be leading yeah. or at least tied for the lead. You're basically the Minnesota Twins, who the Tigers, you know, they dropped two out of the three against the Twinkies over the weekend. But the AL East, from a historical perspective, 
you know, top to bottom to have a division be that strong. I mean, it's just, it just is what it is. It's unfortunate if that's where you got to play and you're, and you're trying to compete and you're a team like Toronto, who's 43 and 36, sitting in fourth place. You know, you're nipping at the heels of the Yankees. You'd think that that would be a battle for first. No, it's a battle for third. Oh, and by the way, there's the Baltimore Orioles. What a story they are. How do we kind of put into like some sort of historical context what we've seen thus far this year from the AL East? Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, Part of the historical context has to do with expansion and the number of teams there are right now in the game, you know, 30 teams. Um, So you had to split into divisions. Uh, the, 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 The best historical context would probably be you go back to the best setup right now would be you go back to pre-1969 before baseball split into divisions, and you just had the grouping of American League teams, grouping of National League teams, and let them fight it out. Um, That would be the most fair way to do it because then all those teams you mentioned with winning records would be, you know, Boston wouldn't be in last place. They'd be in fifth place or whatever it is out of – but out of 15 teams, and if you had six teams make the playoffs, then Boston maybe be okay. But, you know, we understand why baseball split into divisions because if you set it up the way I just described, well, then, like, the entire American League Central would pretty much be eliminated by the All-Star game. And then in those cities, what would be the attraction to watch for this whole second half of the season? So, you know... Baseball, as they expanded, went to geographical divisions, and that theoretically keeps interest across the country because in your own region you can watch your own division race. It's just unfortunate right now that the American League East, as you said, Anthony, is is so strong. And, and at least, I mean, we could see all three wildcard teams come out of that division Um Probably not. Probably two, and maybe Houston or whoever's going to be second in the West. But um, you know, we could see all three. But even at that case, two of those teams are are going to miss the playoffs. And um, you know, meanwhile, you got you know the Twins, and you got everybody under five hundred in the American League Central. But uh, you know, that's that's just the way it is. But baseball's not also not always been fair all the way across the board. I mean, you go back to. I'd have to look up the year, but when Atlanta was still in the American League, I mean, National League West, and this is going to be in 1980s or maybe early 90s, there was a year when Atlanta and the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers finished first at like 101 games, 101 wins, and Atlanta maybe was second with 99 or 100, I think 100 wins too, and maybe the Dodgers had 102. And like a hundred win Atlanta team didn't even make the playoffs. So you know there there are more egregious, unfair examples out there than whatever is going to happen in the American League East this year. Yeah, uh, no, no doubt. And that's the uh, you know it's just that it just is what it is. You're, you're you're fortunate to play in some divisions. We've seen it in football happen. Uh, you know, in the past, where a team under 500 wins their division, the New Orleans Saints did that a few years ago. And then they had to go play their wild card game on the road, and they ended up beating the Seahawks. So you just you just got to get in uh, to win. Last question here for you, Scott: How bad is it right now in Oakland? They're 20 and 60. Attendance is plummeting. The fans actually did like a reverse walkout where they actually yeah. went to the game and just 
decided that they were going to boo the hell out of everybody and just express their frustration. How bad is the Oakland situation for Major League Baseball? Or is it one of those things like, hey, this is inevitable. They're going to move. They're going to Vegas. It's going to happen. Just get on board with it. And it's unfortunate for people in Oakland because they've lost all their teams now. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The latter. I mean, it's it. I, they will end up in Las Vegas, and it's too bad because you always hear you know people knocking the Oakland fan base. But in the defense of the Oakland fan base, you know, up until the last couple of years, they might not have drawn a ton. But I'll tell you what: thirteen thousand in the Oakland Coliseum, generally speaking, was a lot louder and more boisterous and more passionate than thirteen thousand in any other ballpark. These Oakland fans, it's a small group, but they they bring it. And that 13,000 this year shrunk because the owner basically has sabotaged the team. He sabotaged the organization trying to get, you know, basically play the card of we're desperate for a new stadium. Nobody will get us a new stadium, so look how bad it is now. We can't afford to do anything. So he's cut everything and sabotage the team into one of the worst in, you know, by the end of the season, they're probably going to be one of the worst in teams of baseball history. You feel bad for the manager, Mark Kotze, for the entire uh, roster, everybody playing for Oakland. I mean, you know, these are baseball people. Kotze's a great baseball mind. Uh, These guys are busting their rear ends. They don't deserve what the owner, John Fisher, has hoisted upon them, Um, nor do the fans. Um, You know, it's, it's, Looks like the last gasps of a sad, sad situation. They're going to end up in Vegas, and it's probably going to get worse, Anthony, because the I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the, the Oakland Coliseum, I think the the Athletics lease is up. I want to say after next year, maybe twenty twenty four, and the new stadium, in Las Vegas, isn't going to be ready until about twenty six or twenty seven. Um, so there's going to be a gap where they're going to have to play in a minor league stadium in Las Vegas. But even worse than that, they've got they're going to have like a, a lame duck year or two in the Oakland Coliseum where they're signed, sealed, and delivered to Vegas, and yet they're still playing a year in Oakland. And there's not it's not even clear the Oakland Coliseum people at that point. Uh, you know, they may figure out a way to kick them out of their lease and maybe they go play in the minor league park in Las Vegas a year or two earlier than expected even. Boy, would that be something. Holy mackerel, what a uh, what a mess. And it's unfortunate because you think uh, they weren't in the playoffs. Uh, it wasn't too long ago that they were in the playoffs. Yeah. And it was a 2019 or whatever it may have been. And that place was packed. I mean, it was jumping. Some of the photos uh, yeah. where people, you know, were responding to some of the social media criticism about the fan base. Be like, hey, look, I mean... Here's the playoffs. This place is packed, and it's unfortunate, but it is a sign of the times as every league is gravita- gravitating towards Sin City. His name is Scott Miller. Find him on Twitter at Scott Miller BBL. Scott, my friend, thank you so much for your time today, partner. We greatly appreciate it, and uh, and have a great week, my friend. You too, Anthony. Take care. Talk soon. All righty, there he goes, Scott Miller. And uh, by the way, check out his book, if you haven't already, called 90% Mental. Uh, New York Times contributor, Sirius XM, MLB Network, radio analyst, and uh, generous enough to hang out with us, uh, You know, coming to us from SoCal, so that's always fun. We'll step aside. We'll be back with more of the huge show after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. 
Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network for my friends on the DraftKings Casino app. So right now, they've got a great deal going for new customers who sign up using promo code HUGE. If you do that and deposit at least $5, you can get a match on that first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Pretty simple. All you got to do is sign up using promo code HUGE and you can play the classic games like slots, roulette, and blackjack and exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. And one of the best parts of this app is it's safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE, and you'll get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Disturbed, the Take Back Your Life Tour. Labor Day Monday, September 4th at Soaring Eagle. And same show, same night, Stain. Tickets start at $34 and on sale now at the Soaring Eagle box office or etix.com. Party hard, rock harder. Disturbed and Stained. Labor Day Monday. Part of the Soaring Eagle Summer Outdoor Concert Series. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back here to the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. That's Brett Hayes. I am Anthony Bellino filling in for the huge one. Bill Simonson. He is on the road today and tomorrow. So I'll be with you on uh, both days and always very excited uh, to be able to join you in the afternoon drive. In case you didn't know, I host mornings here on the Michigan Sports Network. Visit MichiganSportsNetwork.com to find the affiliated stations in your area or as always... 
You can holler at us via the iHeartRadio app, free to download. Put it right in your pocket. Take us and all of your favorite stations wherever you may go, including all of our podcasts as well. So if you miss any interviews, you want to hear anything, listen to something back, feel free. Go to, uh, you can search 96.1 The Game. That's our flagship home out there in GR. That's where Brett Hayes is located. I'm coming in from the Michigan Sports Network Radio Bunker. Man, we got some, what's going on with the weather? What's the weather like over there in GR, Brett? Because over here on the east side, like it's it's sunny one minute and then all of a sudden there's wind and there's rain for like ten minutes and it's sunny again. I'm like, what in the world is going on out there? It's gray and gloomy all day. Really? A little bit of sprinkling here and there, but nothing horrible. All right, so you're telling me there's going to be more gray skies coming my direction? Yep. Okay, all right, all right, good to know. Good to know. Big thanks to our friend Keith Langloy for joining us in hour number one from the Detroit Pistons, Pistons.com. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, Scott Miller to talk a little bit about uh, Major League Baseball, some of the rule changes there. Feels so bad for the fans in Oakland. Because what it comes down to is this. Like, MLB attendance is up. And it's something that the Major League Baseball as a whole can be very proud of. They could say, hey, the new rules are really working. Like, you know, we're putting more fans in the stands than ever before. And that's awesome. You know, they're reaching levels that they hadn't seen in years when it comes to actually sitting down. Over 1.5 million fans attended MLB games this weekend for a third consecutive weekend. This is coming from directly from MLB Communications leading to the first back-to-back weekends of at least 35,000 fans per game since 2015. Now, mind you, the way that they count this can be, you know, it can be a little suspect, right? Because it's tickets dispersed, so if they gave away tickets, if somebody has season tickets and didn't go, it's not butts and seats, it's tickets dispersed. But, I mean, for real, it's pretty, pretty incredible. I mean, 110,000 people who saw the Cubs and Cardinals play for two games in London they came out to see that as they did the London series. I mean, this is great for Major League Baseball. For so like in MLB is always like every year we go into this nonstop discussion point over well, you know, baseball's dying. Oh god, the ratings. We we do this every single year. And this year with the implementation of the clock what baseball decided to do, and with the shift, but I'm going to focus mainly here on the clock because we, in our society, you know, with our phones and everything else, we know that we're moving a million miles an hour. We know this. You're moving. You're, you're on your way home right now. If you're listening to us in the car, or maybe you're still at the office, and you know you got 15 things to do by the time you get home. Hell, me even saying that's probably stressing you out just thinking about it. Right? Got to get home. Wife, kids. You know, they're out of school. What are we, what's the plan? What are we having for dinner? Right? You know, in, in, when you're in the workforce, you know, now that you have the internet on your phone, we all get those emails. I'll have limited access to email. That's a really polite way to say, I'm out of the office on vacation. I'm not checking this stuff. But we can't help ourselves, especially when we love what we do. Right? Especially when. You know, if you are pretty high up on the totem pole in your company, or if you have a team that depends on you, you're constantly, it, it's, it's a worry. It's a concern. It's difficult to take your, your, your regular day to day grind and be able to go home and let that, let, not let the work go home with you. That's difficult, right? And so we have all this technology in our pocket. We have Twitter and Instagram, social media has taken over the world. You know, we go to a game where, you know, you're checking your fantasy. This happens at football all the time. Checking your fantasy stats and, 
you know, you just you want to be able to like let's get to the action, right? Let's get to the action. Pre-game stuff, whatever. Kick the ball off, tip it off. Let's go. Let's survive the media timeouts that when you're at the game just bother the hell out of you. But let's let's keep it moving. And to see Major League Baseball have the success that they are having as a league right now. Internal projections point to a full season attendance boost from 6 to 8% is what they're thinking. That's crazy. That is just absolutely awesome. The increase would meaningful it would be a meaningfully like reverse a 22 2022 total of 64.56 million. MLB's lowest unrestricted figure since 1997, the league's final season at 28 teams before Tampa Bay and Arizona came into play. To see this jump, to see that the clubs, the fans, everybody's having more fun with baseball is great. And you know the A's are the ones bringing it down. But at the end of the day, there's one commonality here. Winning. Winning matters. Like you, if you're if you're winning games, you build it. They will come. They will definitely want to come check it out. They'll want to see what's going on. And right now, that's where we might be struggling a little bit in Detroit. Our attendance per game number is about eighteen thousand. You know, that's bottom third of the league. You know, the only teams that have worse attendance than us are the Tampa Bay Rays. It doesn't matter what they do; they can win all the time. Nobody shows up. It's Tampa. They got a million things to do there. Kansas City's below us. Miami's below us, and Oakland is below us. Right. We're the fifth lowest attended team in in the sport. Like, you start winning some games, put a winner out there, and watch that figure in Detroit go crazy. Be, we'll be handing out those buttons again and say, thank you, two million fans. We'll step aside. Big win for baseball. Big. Happy for them. More of the Huge Show, Hour 3 next, Michigan Sports Network. Big. Bad. Huge. 